stay on top of all meaningful top trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. Well, a lot going on around issues around food prices. Premier Foods, you heard Ray talking earlier, suggesting maize prices. So the price of mealy meal could start to come down quite dramatically in the next little while. Uh, we were talking about the economy earlier and load shedding and the impact that it's having. At the same time, food prices have gone up so sharply over the last year that anything to do with farming and getting food to market suddenly becomes very important. A suggestion now that load shedding and bad roads is having a big impact. It comes from on DLSA who is now a senior fellow at the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Stellenbosch. Wandile, uh, good morning and uh, congratulations on becoming senior. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate that. Good morning. <laughs> um, how big a problem is roads for uh, farmers at the, mar- at the moment? Getting things to market, uh, some of what they export, for example, needs to be handled very carefully. You don't want to sell bruised lemons in China. How big an issue is roads? Roads, Stephen, are a big issue, both for selling the produce, but also for receiving some of the inputs that farmers need. With load shedding now, some need more fuel than usual. And for that to be delivered when the roads are not in good condition, it does make a bit of complication. We see that, especially in provinces where it's been raining a lot, like the Eastern Cape and KZN. There's been a number of complaints that we're seeing there. But I think overall, how one can look at it, Stephen, is the fact that roughly two-thirds or so of our agricultural produce is now transported by road. So if you don't have those in good condition, aside from just the highway but small roads in rural towns, that puts a lot of pressure and divert money that farmers could have used for expansion and other things to maintaining small roads, which then takes away all of the productivity and the job gains that could have happened at a farm level. Um, Would it have been easier if uh, Transnet was still working? I mean, has there been a shift from railways to roads for farmers? It would have been reasonable easier, Stephen, but their argument now is also about the municipalities. Because yes, Transnet could assist a lot as they are now attempting to do on making sure that the exports are continuing well. There's a good conversation happening between the industry and Transnet uh, on that. But I think one of the things that we haven't discussed a lot is how certain municipalities haven't been delivering to what we all would have hoped that they do. And that's the small roads that are linking uh, the farms, the small farming business enterprises with the major transport routes that they are using. And that's where the issue stands to be now. I mean, you drive around the central free state, the Eastern Cape, Northern Cape, Northwest, you see similar conditions. If anything, I actually think the exception is when you drive in small towns of the Western Cape, Pal and the others, you do see that you can still move well. But all over Central South Africa, we're really challenged uh, by the poorly maintained roads by the municipalities. And load shedding, I mean, you can't pump water. I think, it's, is it a third? 25% of our crops are irrigation, so you need pumps then. You can't pump if you don't have electricity. That must be having an impact. That, Stephen, is having an impact in a sense that I would even push the number higher than that because all of our food and vegetables is irrigated. Then a third of our field crops, that's like maize, uh, sugar, uh, soybean, if you cluster all of that together, it's irrigated. But where we've made inroads in that, Stephen, is that there's been a conversation happening between the senior management at at ESCOM as well as the Department of Agriculture and Industry, where we formulated what we call the National Agriculture Energy Task Team. And some of the interventions that we've made was to say, is there load curtailment? Can it be applied to major 
users of energy in agriculture that are direct clients to ESCOM. And of course, the Department of Agriculture with the Land Bank coming up with the Agro Energy Fund, which attempts really to say if farmers want to put their own generation solution, they could be partially subsidized um, in getting the funds to do that. All of those are interesting and really useful um, interventions that they've been making to an extent that, Stephen, uh, if you look at how much we are producing as a sector this year, I know the numbers yesterday came in black on agriculture on the GDP down uh, on a quarter by 12.3%, but we actually have a way more better season this year. We have the third largest food crop in the history of the country when you think about maize and soybean and everything else, but it's just delayed than the usual time. And I think these interventions that have been made have been useful, but of course, to some farmers that haven't benefited to these engagement, they've had to fork a lot of money to ensure that their activities continue. But I think the bottom line still stands that the energy instability comes with a lot of costs for anyone that is in the production or manufacturing. We've seen some in the agricultural sector being very uh, worried about a, a, a change to the water license regime that will involve race. It would mean that uh, farms above a certain size, people taking above a certain amount of water from rivers, would have to have a BEE component. Uh, as the, some of the farmers put it, uh, farms are often owned by families. How do you BEE a family? Um, is this going to become a big issue? Is this going to have an impact? I think there's going to be a big dispute here. Stephen, I, I see where the government is, is coming from on saying, look, let's make sure that there's a transformation angle that is happening in here. But I think the folks that had explained that to you, they, they, they hit the nail on the head on a structural setting of the agricultural and, uh, industry to the extent that I think that will cause the complication. I mean, I listened to the interview uh, that you did on Monday on this matter, and uh, roughly I agree with much of what has been said. My sense is that these are in the draft, and it's okay that we all voice these views. I'm just hoping that the Department of uh, uh, Water and Sanitation would be more open to taking these inputs at hand. But the farmer organizations, uh, my colleagues at the Agricultural Business Chamber, and the others here in academia, we can come up then with solutions to say, if you're faced with this, you want the transfer what could be the possible better way of implementing this? And, and I know that at ACTIS, we are also thinking about some of those things to say, what should we be doing? But the proposal as it stands, it's rather slightly unhelpful to certain levels of the agricultural sector. Wandile Seklobo, thank you. Senior Fellow in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Stellenbosch. We are due to speak to the Water Department uh, in about 10 minutes or so, 20 minutes, uh, to hear their side on that story.